Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friend, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. Holistic Vet Advice uh, with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson is our Facebook page. Actually, it's our group. We have a bunch of really great people in there answering each other's questions, helping us answer questions. We have uh, several questions out of the group today. We'd love to have you join us in there. So Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson group on Facebook. Um, So today we're going to talk about, in addition to those questions that our listeners and viewers have, there's a really sneaky health hazard that you might not know about. And it's something that's so sinister that, and so sneaky and so like sleepy, people don't even think to tell their vet about it. And it's something like not everybody thinks of. Like very few people actually probably consider it. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. There's also a new pet food ingredient that is being mined in the West and then used in pet food now. So we're going to talk about Montmoroloni clay. I know I butchered that. <laughs> I'll get to that one later and I'll say it right. Brewers yeast, you hear about it all the time. Like, why is this a good thing for animals and their microbiome? I have always heard of brewer's yeast. I always wondered how it got popular or why. Mm-hmm. And why is it so beneficial? What is it about this brewer's yeast? So we're going to talk about that. And then an industry leader in the pet supply world is making a huge change. It's so much for the better, you guys. We're going to talk about what Petco is doing uh, here in just a few minutes. So um, the big thing with Montmorillite clay, this is a new additive and used in pet food as an anti-caking agent. But there are actually a lot of really good things about this particular clay. Um, And actually one of our listeners pointed out to me, because I said, you know, I asked in our Facebook group, it's cool. Have you guys ever heard of this clay that's being used? And Jessica, thank you, said it's the primary component in bentonite clay, which is found in many natural toothpastes. And she uses one, in fact. So this particular clay is Montmorillonite clay, and it's mined in Utah. It has a lot of good specific things about it, but who would think clay is going to be something you'd want to put in dog food? Yeah, minerals, uh, the the more natural the minerals are, the more available they are to be absorbed. And and, um, it's it's so important because we think about macro minerals and and trace minerals. Uh, Trace minerals, excuse me, trace minerals has to be uh, absorbed through food so they can't just make that themselves and so the dogs who eat um, their dog food they have to be able to absorb these trace minerals and uh, the bentonite clay is one of those that's actually very very easily absorbed the trace minerals are very important to manage different cycles within the body so the oxidation reductase cycle which is important to get rid of free radicals to produce oxygen in the body for atp and energy Uh, certainly the krebs cycle um, which is another um, very important cycle inside the cell to produce energy. So those are what those minerals are for. Um, often we find when they're, the 
pet food companies are looking for different ways to make the food more appealing, more natural, uh, to be able to make that kibble fit together in a certain way so it doesn't fall apart in the bag and stuff like that is that the clay is important uh, to hold that together, but they also find, well, yeah, they do have some trace minerals in there that's very important for absorption as well and for nutrition. So it's the best of both worlds when you're using things that make that kibble uh, a kibble and then also at the same time something that's very nutritious for them. So we're not getting into those preservatives that may work uh, to for coloring or appealing uh, to the dog food, it, it's better that it's actually nutritionally complete for the dogs as well. And so that's important. Hmm. Okay. So it has um, an anti-caking property. Is this why they're using it really? Is because is it is it really good for dogs or is it because it has an anti-caking property? And what does that, would that mean like when you were putting the kibble and, and manufacturing the kibble? Yeah. That's what caking, a caking, anti-caking agent is? For sure, because they, they have to be able to make sure when those kibbles are sitting in the bag, they don't stick together, uh, which can induce spoilage or mold, uh, and so the kibble doesn't get oxygenated. Um, the other thing um, that uh, is important for pet food companies to realize is that if we're going to use products uh, like anti-caking products, it's important to use something uh, that's more natural that the body can actually utilize and not be a synthetic product that... Um, uh, you know, the body's just going to either react to cause leaky gut problems or some dogs are going to have break out in a rash and things like that. So I think they, they did a really good job with that. Oh, I think well, it's important. That's good. So the pet food that we're talking about is a new one that we're carrying here. And it's actually from um, Nature's Logic. Their packaging is so cute. So if you walk by it in the pet store, it's just like a super cute package and it's, it's really cute. <clears throat> anyway, so um, their, their goal is to use natural like minerals, natural vitamins. So I think this is where the natural, you know, things are coming in. So a lot of their vitamins are plant-based. They're extracted from plants. The minerals are coming from the clay. Mm. Yeah. So the difference between a clay mineral, um, like the one that we're talking about, and another mineral that would be in another dog food or even like in a human vitamin is one that you have to be a little careful about. And those are, it's mining. So right. I know they're mining the clay, but that's a lot different than mining like rocks, right. breaking them down, processing them. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be actually available in its powdered form. So it's, it's going to be uh, much easier to, uh, to process. It's much easier to, to transport uh, also, um, being in a smaller form like that is going to be much easier, like I mentioned earlier, to absorb. Mm -hmm. Now, um, being in nature is important because we can make man-made or what they call synthetic products uh, to mimic nature. But the problem is inside the body, it's not going to mimic nature in the body. It's going to make the body do something a little different. It's going to go, well, you kind of look like orange juice, but you're not really orange juice. You're going to kind of look like a mineral but you're not really a mineral. And so it's going to go through some of the processes that mm -hmm. are normal, but at the same time, it's, it's going to be more difficult to the body to synthesize that. So when you can use nature, uh, not only for production, but for nutrition at the same time, yeah, I think it's much more sustainable. You know, uh, yeah, that's true. Food. 
And I think you're going to get much more benefit from the nutrition, you know, than going to something that's, that's more synthetic and the body can't recognize. Okay. All right. Well, you know, and, and having it come from plants, I think is, is a lot more sustainable too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, even though dogs are carnivores and cats are carnivores, uh, they still have to be able, they let the animal that they eat, it's kind of a, you know, harder to think about, but it, the animals that they eat have actually eaten the grass that provided the trace minerals, um. you see. Now, when we process the pet food, we can't give them the whole animal at once. So mm -hmm. we have to give them parts and pieces, right? Okay. Uh, and that's a part of the balanced diet is that you can give a pet a, a bowl of meat and they can, they'll eat it, but they're not going to get all of the benefit because it, the meat doesn't necessarily have bone in it unless okay. there's bone or, ground in it. Or organ meat. Or organ meats. And are, organ meat is also really, really important. It is. It's, uh, it's much more concentrated energy and protein uh, <laughs> into a compact. So it's like in... Uh, nowadays, they're, they've got the, the, uh, the products you can buy that are a little more concentrated. Instead of buying a, a whole can of, of energy drink, you can get just a little thing that you can add to the water. So it, the much more concentrated means that um, the body can uh, it doesn't have to work as hard for it. So organ meat is much more condensed, just like condensing an energy drink. Mm -hmm. So they get a lot more energy out, a lot more protein. Hmm. There again, you can't add too much organ meat because you're going to get into what they call the richness of the food. It can be too rich for them and their body can purge that extra protein through the gallbladder. And sometimes you'll get soft stool or watery type diarrhea. And um, so hmm. uh, uh, probably 10 to 15% organ meat with, with skeletal meat and then balancing the diet becomes very important. So the vitamin and mineral mix uh, becomes something that we have to add to the diet to complete it. Without a complete diet, you're going to notice over time, especially in puppies, we want to be careful when we're mixing diets together that, that we uh, make sure the diet's balanced. But even for adult dogs, over time, you can notice that if they're not getting the proper amount of calcium, if not getting the proper amount of vitamins, that you might notice that in the skin quality and, and uh, the coat quality. Also with lameness, maybe some GI problems, maybe some immune system problems. So that's important to make sure we get that trace mineral down right okay all right very good um so there's another pet food ingredient i've always heard of and i just remember you know when i was pretty little and showing my first dog mm -hmm. ivan <laughs> yeah. um there was uh brewer's yeast you know and i i mean i never really knew what it was but it turns out it's actually part of the microbiome or a healthy part of the microbiome. So probably in that day when nobody was really giving their dogs um, any kind of supplementation, or I don't think anybody really knew that much about the microbiome at that point, because it was a long time ago. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, since nobody's kind of like into it and people are using it and like, oh, it's a miracle, you know, like that's how kind of it was then. Um, we have discovered since then that brewer's yeast works on the microbiome. So it's a pretty common supplement and you'll see it under different names. I'm not going to try to pronounce it because it's pretty hard, mm -hmm. but um, tell us a little bit about brewer's yeast. Do you know a lot about it? Well, brewer's yeast was uh, basically a byproduct of beer and bread industries. Okay. It's used to make an 
beer and bread right for okay. fermentation process to to be able to convert beer into uh, from a plant-based material into alcohol <laughs> and from bread to be able to make the bread rise mm -hmm. right? okay um, and by doing that um, yeah we talked about it earlier programs that you know bread could actually contains uh, a high amount of alcohol for dogs so we have to be careful uh, if they eat a lot of whole fresh bread because there's okay. so much yeast in there mm -hmm. it can create alcohol in the gut so okay. brewer's yeast was a was a byproduct of both of those industries and they found that in a lot of ways when there's something that that's nutritious uh, and is a waste product from the food industry that's still very nutritious um, the animal industry food industry realized well we don't want to just throw this away mm -hmm. we want to be able to use this for uh, pet foods and, and animal feed and stuff like that okay uh, what they didn't realize you know that they could that it was actually nutritious and they find out over time because they actually can take that byproduct and make it utilizable so they're not mm -hmm. throwing it out and wasting yeah. it. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, nutritionists found out over time, oh, they're actually adding to the microbiome. Once we discovered a microbiome, we realized, okay, we're actually doing something. Yeah. People uh, were doing it in, almost instinctively. Yeah. Adding new things in there and, and made a lot of people feel better. For sure. And, Dogs and, too. And brewer's yeast, uh, also nutritional yeast, which is not brewer's yeast, but nutritional yeast yeah, is a little is different. And it comes in those like little flakes and stuff. It, it does. It smells good. It smells great. It smells like bread. Yeah. I mean, and, and but it's processed a little bit differently. Uh, but nutritional yeast is a little bit better than brewer's yeast, but both are very, very good, uh, you know, especially for the that, that GI tract. Um, and that mini gut called the microbiome is so important because we think of good yeast and we think of bad yeast. So Breer's yeast is good yeast. Nutritional yeast is good yeast. Malassezia and Candida are not good yeast, but they come from the gut. And so just like you have to have yin and yang, you have to have balance. Mm -hmm. So for every good yeast, there's a bad yeast to keep it under, you know, keep it balanced. For every bad yeast, there's a good yeast to keep it in balance. Oh, really? Okay, so you want to make sure that so you don't want to totally eliminate the bad ones. No, they're actually very useful, but they're opportunist, and in same way with bacteria being opportunist. Once they get the opportunity to uh, to find a new environment that's more conducive for their growth and development, um, they are like little smart bugs. They can figure it out and go to areas that maybe are more suitable for them, uh, kind of by accident. They don't mean to get into the body, but when they do, they go, "Wow, this is." You know, it's like greener pastures. I'm going to start growing all over the place. It just so mm -hmm. happens that it doesn't belong there. It's like <laughs> weeds. Uh, you know, it's like. Yeah. Um, but know. that's why like dogs and stuff get feeling pretty bad. They do. And the symptoms don't just stay in the gut. They go all over the body. It goes all over the body, grows on the yeah. skin. It can, it can form the biofilm yeah. uh, in the mouth. It can uh, also get biofilm on the vital organs is not a good thing mm. you know it can cause some serious consequences and septicemia okay. so um you know making sure that we keep that gut balanced is so important yeah all right um so anyway i just want to say hi to stephanie thank you for joining us today hi, laura it's good hi, to laura. see you here again today um so thanks for uh for joining us. So, uh, okay. So enough about the uh, pet food ingredients today. Um, I want to talk about 
I got a couple of questions and they actually ended up being quite a bit on the same line. From Sandra, she says, my 14-year-old dog has dementia and has been on a Hawthorne Berry blend, go-to cola, and ginkgo biloba. Recently, he was put on Purina Bright Mind Food and Selegiline to maybe help a little bit more. He was able to sleep at night for only four nights. However, he is now having trouble again. When it's time to go to bed, he goes in his bed. He gets really comfortable, but then gets up about 10 to 20 minutes later and starts pacing, randomly barking, scratching at open doors. And all he wants to do is go outside about 10 times during the day sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've tried giving him composure, dog treats, liquid melatonin, and a couple of different brands of CBD oil at night, and nothing seems to be fully working. I have also tried multiple different kinds of medications. They either make him worse or make him a zombie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's never good. Other than the sleep issue, he has greatly improved. He's more aware, more curious. He eats better and seems overall more happy. So we actually are experiencing this very same issue because we also have a 14-year-old dog, a Sheltie. So she's been with us for, I mean, forever, it feels like. (laughs) We call puppy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the things I noticed with our dog are that she is, um, okay, so I noticed it maybe two or three years ago Mm -hmm. that my daughter would leave for school and her bedroom is below mine where I have a home office with a work phone in it. And I would be working and people would be saying the dog was howling the whole time and barking and carrying on after she left. And even people on the phone are like, do you need to get, is everything okay there? Do you need to get that dog? (laughs) And it was just because she was really starting to get a lot of cognitive dysfunction. Yeah. And that's the, the biological rhythm gets off as the pets get older. And if we think about normal rhythms uh, and how to manage those, it really starts in the evening uh, during what they call somnolence. So the body, uh, after six o'clock at night, uh, things are starting to slow down. Dogs recognize this more with day length. Uh, they can't tell um, you, know, you know, in terms of what time it is, mm-hmm. but their body recognizes, okay, the, the days are getting shorter or longer. So my hormones make the adjustment and that's made in the pituitary gland, which is called the reticular activating Mm. system. Mm. So it's sensing the data. It's realizing, okay, something's different. And the proper hormones are, are developed and sent into the body to make sure that the, the, uh, uh, that the balance is made so the body can understand, okay, if it's short days, it means cooler. I got to start putting on my winter coat. If the days are longer, I need to start putting on my summer coat. Um, and all of this happens, you know, neurochemically. Um, when this gets off, especially towards bedtime, uh, when the days are getting shorter or longer, but during the darkness of the day, uh, towards the end of day, between 9 and uh, 11 o'clock at night, the body's going into a lymphatic rhythm, starting to get ready for sleep. Between 11 and one in the morning, the liver's most active. We must be by 11 o'clock be in a, what they call REM sleep because that's like the factory cleaning up overnight. So we're detoxing during that time. Our pets are too. And this particular patient, uh, and even with Lily, if they're not properly detoxing, those toxins can carry over during the day. Mm-hmm. So um, in once between 11 and one at night, the liver's detoxing between one and three in the morning, those toxins are being pushed into the gallbladder. 
And so by morning, when we start this activity of waking up, those toxins should be out of the body. And if they're not, they're going to cause derangements in mental, uh, what they call mental fog. And so they're not as sharp as they were. Uh, It seems to carry through the day. And then if they didn't have a good night's sleep, then that's going to carry over, over and over again. And then mm-hmm. once we get into that bad rhythm, they can't settle down at night. It's called sundowners. Mm-hmm. And sundowners is that they're, they're, they're trying to fall asleep, but it just won't take them into REM sleep. It'll take them into those beta waves, but we can't get into mm-hmm. those delta waves. We have, um, we have this book that we did on some of our stories of kind of like the things that we do here, because it's such kind of like a wide range of holistic medicine and mm-hmm. so many things that you could do. And, some things that you're just particularly good at and, or you, you know, you just researched them a lot. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> um, you know, you've researched them a lot. You've done a lot of work with people. And one right. of the dogs in there had sundowners and she actually ended up having atypical Cushing's disease and sundowners was part of that, mm-hmm. but she was doing things like, you know, the pacing and stuff that um, Sandra described the can't get comfortable getting all worked up at mm-hmm. nighttime. And then like even licking the floor just constantly, all the time, just licking the wooden floor, stuff like that. So a lot of, um, I guess, just a lot of different things that go into sundowners syndrome. And it's just, it's just kind of difficult as a pet owner to see it happen and not really understand. I think people just don't have an awareness that that's cognitive dysfunction. Yeah. It kind of catches us off guard to realize our, our pets are becoming seniors. They're not the the uh, the energetic dog they once were, mm-hmm. um, and we start to feel a little melancholy about that, and realize, okay, is is the is the end near? And the answer is no. You can do a lot nutritionally to help. So, in this particular case, to answer a question, um, the first thing I would make sure is make sure you're giving still giving melatonin, but we may have to go a little bit higher in the melatonin. Um, for most dogs, I'll start at three milligrams, and I'll do it twice a day. Uh, for about 30 days. And what that's doing is that's resetting the pituitary. The melatonin is really important for the pituitary. It's important to hit the REM sleep. So that's why it's used. Um, And then we get uh, uh, the serotonin or relaxation effect. We also get deep REM sleep, which is going to help the body do a better job of cleansing. Um, During the day, we got to be sure that uh, first thing in the morning, is when they should exercise, they should eat, and then rest the rest of the day. And we think about seniors eating. We shouldn't overfeed the seniors because they're capable with sometimes with uh, atypical Cushing's of eating way more than they need, uh, but they can't detox all of that. So we, mm. the best thing is to follow the, the proper formula, as we mentioned before, uh, kilograms, which would be basically their weight in pounds divided by two times 30 plus 70. If you're feeding dry food, that's how many kilocalories they should have. And if you're feeding too many kilocalories, that extra energy, their body doesn't know what to do with that. It's still useful mm. energy. And they is that why they get it. so chubby and stuff and they get older? Like we have a lot of yeah. older dogs that come here that look like barrels on yeah. stilts. They really do. <laughs> it's sure, like a they, barrel on legs. They don't have the hormones to take care of it, but they're probably getting even a hundred kilocalories extra. It's too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's better to, and then, uh, so usually between seven and nine in the morning is the best time to feed them, mm-hmm. you know, cause they okay. can get all the nutritionally complete during the day. So nutrition, um, there's one product that I want you to think about, uh, and it's been around for a really long time. 
And uh, the trade name is colidin. But the most important active ingredient there is, is amino acid choline. And choline is very, very good for dementia. And it helps to reestablish the biological clock as well. So if there's one thing I would, I would make sure that we're adding to the, this pet's diet is colidin. Oh, really? Okay. And Very you know what? I'm just looking it up right now on the internet. It's a really cheap product. It's it not is. expensive. Yeah. And something you can do. And then do you prescribe in this case, like your typical hamburger and corn thing? I do like that because especially if the pets are overweight and they're carrying a lot of extra, extra fat on the body is all of that basically is toxin because the body is used that extra energy and put it in the the fat is buffering the, the inflammation. It's not that the, the fat is somewhat useful, but if it's just carried over and over, the, fat's a, the fat becomes rancid over time. It's, it becomes unavailable for the body to actually use that fat for energy. Hmm. Um, it's sort of like storing food too long in the freezer. Um, you could probably still eat it, but the nutritional base after time is that just the storage process has is, is, made that food uh, really inedible. In the same way with body fat, you, you want to use that body fat very, very easily. Uh, the idea is to use the energy for the morning by the time they eat at night or by the time they eat the next day. They want to use all the energy up. So the, the hamburger and corn method is three parts ground hamburger, one part whole kernel corn. Whole kernel corn is not allergenic because the body doesn't really use it. If you process that into a dry formula, then yeah, it's going to cause allergies and problems that we often hear about. So whole corn or corn is basically sweet corn or canned corn, something that doesn't have salt or any additives in it. Um, and it's, so it's a three to one stuff. ratio. I like the frozen corn for that. Yeah. Frozen mm -hmm. corn works great. And, and this uh, is a snack that everybody, every dog loves to snack. Oh, they love <laughs> it. Yeah, it's like but it is appetizer. raw meat, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I have that question coming. In fact, somebody just came in the other day and wanted to know a little bit more about it. And it is raw meat. Um, and, you know, you just stick it in those ice cube trays with the corn. That's it. Um, you don't have to cook it. It's just that you do need to be aware that it is raw. So you have to handle it appropriately. So we have to right. tell you that as our little disclaimer. So yeah. um, we have a raw um, diet statement that's actually on our Facebook group of uh, advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. So it's holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. So we'd love to see you join our Facebook group. So we had a second question that was kind of related to dementia. So if you get in this group, um, we had a listener post a video of her sister's dog that she's babysitting. And it's an older dog. The dog is like a, maybe a husky. Mm -hmm. And it's just turning circle after circle after circle and just kind of going to the window, turning circles, can't calm down. And she kind of wants to know why this dog would be doing that. So I did ask her what time of day the video was shot. And she said, um, it's the dog is doing it from like 4 a.m. to 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So 4 a.m. time uh, is just coming off detoxification. So it tells me for sure if we're having abnormal behavior during the wake cycle is that we didn't detox during the sleep cycle. So the detox cycle you're talking about is Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine, but in reality, it's a, it's a normal function of body health. So, okay. so it, what the Chinese found is that there's a biological rhythm all organs go through. Mm -hmm. And so the, the timing of that 
uh, it, you know, through the years, it's been discovered that that's when the system is most active. Mm -hmm. And so we, when we're finding that there's problems, we have to look at not only the rhythm that was coming ahead of that time frame, but also during that time frame itself. So uh, four to uh, six o'clock roughly, or really three to five, is that uh, the respiratory tract is becoming more active from five to seven and then seven to nine the GI tract is becoming more active so it's the the lower GI tract from five to seven well so why was it turning is it the stomach ache well what's happening is that the neurochemicals are coming you know from the coping cycle of just being in a new being place away and okay and they may have the pet may have stayed with this family before but it it's, it's not it's getting it's older. Own home it's not in his own home it's getting older can't quite uh, calm down and get into a natural rhythm in a new mm -hmm. place. Um, they often realize at home that as they're getting older, their other senses are taking over. But when you put them in a new situation, they can't cope because they, they know where everything is at home. Oh. Just like an older person, yeah. you, you take them on vacation, they go, I, I can't deal with all this. Right. I don't know where everything's at. It's kind of like why you go to a hotel and you can't sleep in the hotel room. Exactly. It drives you, you know, it's just like you're up all night. You know, your body just, just falls into a natural, mm -hmm. atypical rhythm. And it, and even for young people or young pets, it can affect them the same way as well. So and there again. Um, you do offer some overnight medications too. So there are some standard regular medications like amitriptyline or trazodone yeah. that you have to do overnight because dogs just won't stay asleep. Like Lily, yeah. just like a couple nights ago, it was just all night long, spinning yeah, circles and hanging around and. And she's changed who she likes. Like now she wants to be with me before she was always Avery's dog. Yeah. Just even in the last six months that's changed. And now she's scared of thunderstorms, yeah. things like that. So they just do change just like people. For so, sure. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, we can only, so. we can all only hope that everybody around us when we're old has the patience that we do every day with our older pets. Yeah. You know, as we age. So um, just a good reminder that, you know, be kind <laughs> when be your pet is older and seek out the right um, advice from your veterinarian to figure out what you can do. And then you can always hit us up on our holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson page on Facebook, because, you know, we're happy to help you too. And not everybody has access to a holistic vet. So, you know, we're always just here to help. Okay. Um, we have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that big announcement from Petco about something they're finally getting rid of. It's great news for anybody who believes in kind of nature and then danny's dog uh, brought fleas into their new house so we're going to give her some advice about getting the fleas out and off of her tile and hardwood floors and then also he's got some kind of concoction that he's come up with for um the uh for the fleas on the dog so we'll tell you about that when we come back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Thanks for returning and staying with us today. Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We have a Facebook group and we'd love to see you join that. Got a question coming up from Danny about the fleas in her house and how she's going to get rid of them and some holistic offerings uh, for her about stuff you can make at home to try to help get rid of fleas without using a topical. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have some news out of Petco. They're changing their strategy and one of the things they're doing is ending the sale of shock collars. It turns out um, it said uh, the company says shock collars have been known to increase fear, anxiety, and stress in dogs. And we believe there's a better way. Positive reinforcement training as a health and wellness company. Our mission is focused on improving pet lives and we think selling shock collars does the opposite. So it's their responsibility to ensure that we and others aren't putting potentially harmful products in the wrong hands. That's their CEO, Ron Coughlin. What they're also doing is rebranding themselves and coming up with a new strategy as a health and wellness company for pets. We're all a health and wellness company for right. pets. We're the original health and wellness company, aren't we? Right. <laughs> sure. So I, I think they've seen a new way to capitalize on a few things, but the stopping the sale of shot callers is just really a good thing. I guess their trainers, you know, are you know, cause you can go get dog training there and they're based in like a more positive reinforcement type of dog training. So it really just doesn't go together. No, it did. And I think the use of them, um, it should be on a very, very limited basis. It shouldn't just be 
available to the general public to use those and say, okay, I can just go to the store and buy one of those and no. put it on them and make them do what they're, they're going to do. You'd have to be very Trained educated to be doing that. Yeah. And there's so many other ways now that we know so much more about dog behavior than when people used to do stuff like that. Right. So there's really kind of no need. Definitely so, applaud them for that because it's mm-hmm. in the wrong. It, it, usually when there's, there's problems and some, and there is a lot of problems with them. It's just that they're in, a, in untrained hands. You know, and um, so I applaud them for not making it available to the general public. And but nobody a, should really, thing. you know, there's so much more now that nobody should be doing that. No, for there's sure. no need. There's no need. really no need. Yeah. So um, I'm glad to see Petco that you have done the right thing finally, and I hope yeah. the whole rest of the world uh, goes along with that. So <laughs> um, there's just so many more things you can do. So um, positive reinforcement training is is one of those aspects. And like, why not have a positive relationship with your dog? Go for it. For sure. And, and we're that it's part of our, the, the, the seven dynamics and the animal part of us is one of the, I think it's fourth or fifth dynamic. And, and what it does is our connection to nature and how we interact with pets uh, and other animals for that matter. Um, it's part of our lives how intimate we are with our pets, whether we bring them into our house or just observe someone else's dog uh, or cat, or whether we just want to look at them, uh, you know, on TV, it's our nature's connection. And it's really important to stay connected to them. We're guides for pets. It's not a, a right for us to own one. It's a privilege Mm -hmm. to have them in our lives. So it's, it's our responsibility and our duty to guide them responsibly and right. show them, you know, this is how uh, that we can synergistically interact together in the world, yeah. you know, and, uh, and have a great relationship. Yeah, sure. Um, it turns out dog toys are a very sneaky, dangerous little product. And it's something that like owners don't think even to tell their veterinarian. Um, and it's something maybe vets need to think about a little bit when taking in a pet with some weird symptoms or everything was fine until just recently. Um, you hear that a lot. Things were fine. Nothing's ever happened before. And now the dog has like strange symptoms. It's itching, scratching. Um, behavior is different. Well, it turns out it could be your pet's toys. Mm-hmm. There was um, a testing done. It said 45% of pet products had hazardous toxins in them and 48% tested positive for lead. So that's half the levels of those were higher than any children's toy. So we're talking a pretty serious problem with these sneaky little pet toys. Um, It's not one that you'd even think, you know, like something happens and you don't even really, maybe you just are walking down the Walmart aisle and you pick up a pet toy and just kind of don't think about it. How natural is this toy? What's in it? Um, the ingredients they've discovered in pet toys ranges from melamine. And you know how that happened. Like melamine in the late 2000s became a problem because it was contaminating dog food. It was like Chinese made dog food or the corn or something was contaminated. Some of the ingredients were contaminated right. with melamine. So big issue. Melamine killed dogs before. So bromine, arsenic, that's a really bad one. You actually had a, a pet who got arsenic poisoning from a well right no one could figure out what was wrong with this dog because you just i don't know that every vet is just going to think that way and i mean even if a human went in they might not under you know they might be like i wonder what's wrong with this person 
because the symptoms are so um, different. So we'll talk about the symptoms in a minute. The other problems, cadmium, chromium, lead, BPA, which is an endocrine disrupting chemical, phthalates and formaldehyde. So all those things are being processed and manufactured into these pet toys. So what are some of the symptoms somebody might watch for? There can be many, but they're very subtle and they act like other symptoms. So first of all, as you mentioned, a, a rash or itchy skin, uh, gastrointestinal upset, uh, neurologic changes, especially tremors in more serious cases or even seizures. Uh, we have to take a look at, at what they're being exposed to. Uh, so what to would name, be like a common symptom of lead poisoning in a dog? Well, it, it, it's very subtle, but probably the first thing that I would see that would be most obvious to an owner is seizures. Oh, okay. Or neurologic change. Oh, really? Uh, they're just acting strange. There's tremors. Uh, they're, they're seizing. Uh, it, and it doesn't have to be serious seizures. It can just be minor seizures as well. So that would be the first thing. Um, gastrointestinal upset, muscle, uh, like soreness, also uh, muscle inflexibility, like they're, they're dragging their back foot for some reason. Those would be some of those things that we might see with lead. And, um, you know, certainly GI tract issues and things like that can be in encompassed into that. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's very subtle signs. And some of the arsenic poisoning signs are very similar to that. They include staggering, weakness, a rapid heartbeat, um, abdominal pain, salivation, vomiting, and diarrhea. That's a very common, I mean, you know, no, nothing makes some pet owner want to come to the vet faster than a case of diarrhea. But <laughs> it's that, you know, I mean, those are just such common things that could have so many different reasons that sometimes it gets lost in translation as far as like, where is this coming from? And I think people just, you know, if, if you're out there listening and you see someone or your pet just suddenly gets sick, you really have to look comprehensively at what, what dish have you been feeding it out of? What toys has it been playing with? What are all of the different signs that you're seeing and how do they come together? You know, as a holistic viewpoint. For sure. Cause it's a, it's a, it, all of these products or most of these products here uh, are found in nature. So they're natural products in its natural form. It's much safer it's, if it's combined with other things. But unfortunately, at higher concentrations, uh, it's what, that's where we're causing problems. Because as I mentioned, we, we've turned something natural into a synthetic product, like mm -hmm. a pet toy. Yeah. And once the pet gets exposed to that, it's going to absorb because nine times out of 10, it's going to absorb easier because instead of being, okay, that's not natural, but I don't know what to do with it. So I'll just have to absorb it. You, the body. Right. The body. It. And so the, the liver takes care of that. Hmm. And then it's transferred back to the gallbladder. Most cases it can get, get gotten rid of, but sometimes it can form in the fat or muscle and then they can see a problem with it later on because it's, a, it's mobilizing fat or mobilizing muscle. So uh, you have a lot that. of dogs that do come in here with big high liver numbers. Right. Could that be why? It's very possible because BPA uh, affects the endocrine system. Mm -hmm. I do see a lot of dogs between five and really 10 years old that have endocrine changes going on. And in our custom holistic testing program, 
you'll see these things popping up. So things that you should avoid. Um, avoidance is a, is a big part of the test, but you, you know, you kind of don't know what to avoid until you've actually seen this work up in our custom holistic testing uh, service. And BPA shows up quite a bit. It does. And a lot of it is exposure. Like if your pet's been exposed to BPA, you know, dishes and dog bowls and other, you know, plates, stuff like that, um, and even toys, then that will show up on that test. That's something you've got to lay off of. So stainless steel, um, your pet products um, should be made in the United States, even if they're just simply like, um, you know, a toy or something, you really have to be more aware than just walking down the aisle and throwing the toys in the cart. Trust me, I've done it. I mean, I, I probably did it like three months ago before I read this article. <laughs> I don't buy that many toys, but um, it's just that, you know, you really do have to have an awareness about you to prevent something really bad from happening. Right. You ask yourself Blood the same question. Is bad. Right. If, if I'm going to give this toy to my dog, would I give it to my child? Mm-hmm. And would I chew on it? And would I chew on it? Yeah. Especially toddlers, you know, when they're chewing on stuff too, it's got to be safe for them to be able to do that. Same way in dogs and, and dogs are less discriminatory than children in terms of biting it into pieces and eating it <laughs> True. you know it's in their nature Ripping to tear it up. apart it's yeah. like benjo tearing up the toys and stuff you yeah know, it's it's in their nature and uh if they ingest that those byproducts uh it can definitely have a problem and as christian mentioned the srt the body's a really cool biocomputer so if it absorbed bpa and didn't like it it'll record it but the problem is is that they don't have to be exposed to BPA anymore for that to turn on. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very, it's already in there. It's already in there. Mm-hmm. So if the normal during normal body function, if that mechanism is tripped, the same BPA reaction they had before will turn up mm-hmm. and they weren't even exposed to it. Right. And, you know, in, in the beginning, nobody knows what the reaction is until they actually see it. And right. then, you know, you, the dog gets a hold of another toy and you're like, Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> That's really cool. It's yeah. bio, biomapping gives you the history. And by clearing that history, at least we know we're not getting into mm-hmm. triggering that secret mechanism, but at the same time realizing, oh, avoid that was it. why. Avoid it because they got exposed to it somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, that test. You can go so far back in so many ways. So, you know, everything from diesel, um, fossil fuels, household chemicals, um, even viruses and stuff that their mother carried when they were a puppy uh, are all in this test. So the household chemicals is very interesting. We've had many pets react to fossil fuels. I mean, you have no idea about that. And, you know, because, I mean, you just have a house with natural gas. You don't really think about it. But in the end, the cats particularly don't like that one. They don't like that yeah. one. And, and the animals, as well as ourselves, you don't realize what those synthetic products are actually doing to us. Mm-hmm. Because for the most part, they're at low enough numbers that they're not going to make cause death in most cases. Mm-hmm. They, they're not even going to cause morbidity. They just make us feel weird. Or bad. Or, or bad. And you might yeah. notice the pet, like you mentioned, those clinical signs are very subtle. It's like, well, my pet threw up. Well, that's detoxing. What did they detox to? I'm curious about that. You know, it's if they do it just, you know, once in a while, but if they do it more often... There was a significant issue mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And it could be environmental. It can be foods. It could be just, um, 
things they're exposed to on a daily basis or have been exposed to in the past that's maybe cropping up once again. Right. And, um, and uh, we had a horse that was, um, we started this um, and we had a horse that was going to be put down. Um, he kept colicking. He had traveling ventral edema. So he had these big bubbles under his stomach. And he also um, just, he just wasn't right at all. And they were like, okay, this has gone on long enough. We're lucky to catch. We've caught every colic he's had so far, but it was a lot too. He also had chronic abscesses in his feet. And they're like, this is weird. So we did run SRT on him. And that was 10 years, like close eight, 10 years ago. And he's like 23 years old now, and he's still showing and winning. So um, from a horse that was going to be put down to a horse that went right back to work (laughs) and then uh and now has a new home i mean lived with us for eight years but he now uh is in another barn and carrying kids around they're winning and i mean at 23 to be doing that when you were supposed to be put down when you were you know 15 years old is an amazing difference and his problems were corn and a a couple of other feed additives and Enfamil. The Enfamil never went away. And I kind of wonder if he was exposed to that as a baby, like Must somebody have. probably gave him some. Yeah. It could have been, yeah. you know, just to get him going. Just, yeah. He could have yeah. been sick as a baby. We don't know. So but does, know then. just knowing that, and then just removing it from his diet, we did cleanse him from it by using the, the calibrated hemp oil. Yes. But at the same time, you know, it allowed him to uh, live a normal life when it was mm-hmm. going to be a terminal end. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. We just kept doing it until it was all gone. And now he's, he's good. So I don't good think he'll stuff. be getting any infamility soon. No. So yeah, Louie, he was amazing, uh, an amazing horse. So uh, he deserved a life and he got one because of our custom holistic testing program. So if you're interested in that, you can just ask questions on our holistic vet advice page with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. And that's uh, on Facebook. It's actually a group. So um, a lot of good stuff coming out of that. So we'll probably actually post, should be posting more SRTs in there. So custom yeah. holistic tests we'll so that. people can see them. Sure. Um, Danny had a real problem. She's like, help. We just moved into a new house and my dog has fleas. He hasn't had them in over four years since we adopted him. I know he's been stressed from the move. Any treatment recommendations would be so helpful. So one of the treatments that we told her about just for like the home environment itself, because this is a big one is, you know, you kind of can't treat it too much to get rid of them and you have to treat it like every so often and on schedule to kill all the fleas and then their baby fleas. And um, we just told her to use salt water, Mm -hmm. a heavy mix of salt and water. I mean, you do kind of have to like rinse it off and stuff, Um, but it's actually a pretty good idea. And she had tile floors, so it actually worked out really well as far as the cleanup was concerned. So tile floors um, and even hardwood will hold up to a flea infestation. Right. And it it allows you... The good news is that because your house isn't full of carpet, it's it's much harder when they got the carpet in the house mm-hmm. uh, to have the tile floors. It's a cleanable surface. It's, it's just that when you moved into the new place, unfortunately, there there could have been fleas present in cocoons. They can live in the cocoons for many, you know, at least a year. Oh, we don't really? Know how long? Much longer. Ew. But all it takes is a little bit of CO two from a dog running across the floor, and it just it's like little traps. Bubble right up. Bubble right up, and so um, using the saltwater cleanse, uh, you can even add a little bit of cedar wood to that. Cedar wood cannot, should not be applied to pets. Um, it can have bad reaction. 
uh, there are some products out there, unfortunately, that, that do contain cedar wood for pets, and we got to be careful of it. But it's a great environmental product along with salt water to, to get rid of fleas. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with the cedar wood? Well, it, it's an essential oil. Okay. And so um, the concentration often is too strong for most dogs. Oh. They'll absorb it too quickly, and it can have side effects with the liver, the kidney. Um, oh, really? And uh, cause tremors. And uh, the one case I had, uh, the uh, pet owner would put a natural product over the back, just like Frontline, for example, and uh, it had a, a very serious reaction. And it's a natural product. We do have to be careful because it hasn't been – the exact ingredients haven't been researched enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say that this is the exact amount that, that, that a pet should have or more traditional products have. But uh, at the same time, if you want to use something more natural, you just have to be more um, conscious of the fact that essential oils have to be diluted out. Mm-hmm. What about diatomaceous earth? It, it works great. Okay. So what do you do? Put it on your floor or do you put it on the dog or you feed it to the dog? You can you can feed it. Uh, a lot of cases with fleas, you're just you're you're dousing them with the with the uh, diatomaceous earth because it's a powder, and you go through the fur and make sure it's coated because then it it yeah. it's, it basically takes the oxygen away from the flea. Hmm. You can also put diatomaceous earth on your carpet and let it okay. sit there for a while because there it does the same thing it does for a pet's coat. Um, Obviously, when you're putting dust on the floor, you have to be careful that you're not allergic to it. But at the same time, uh, vacuuming, make sure you have a, a HEPA filter mask on just because you're going to create a little bit of dust. Oh, really? I suppose your vacuum would spit that out then, a little bit of it? Yeah. Like micro would. dust or something like that? I don't right. know what you call it. <laughs> so just you know, use a HEPA filter on the, uh, you know, a lot of the newer vacuums have them on there anyway. So it's, hmm. it, uh, but using that. Um, Putting, you don't want to use flea powder or anything like that in the carpets anymore because obviously if you're going to aerosolize that, it can cause some problems for your pet and for yourself. Uh, but using diatomaceous earth on the carpets is a great idea and you just vacuum it off. Hmm. I'll let it sit there maybe a half hour or so. So um, there's a product out there called Wonderside and a lot of people are using it on pets and it says it's baby safe, um, kid friendly, and even like... Um, they have a yard and garden type concentrate and even like big municipalities are buying Wonderside to rid themselves of like fleas, ticks, you know, bugs, that kind of thing. And it is 4.2% cedar oil and has some lemongrass oil in it as well. So looking at their ingredients and a few other things, but at not very large amounts. So the biggest amount of everything is 4.2% cedar oil. Would you be better off if you were going to use cedar oil to like to buy a product that's like already formulated, it's already done, you can't make the mistake of putting the wrong thing in. Right. And you know, so something like that would work. It's already pre-done. There's right. somebody who's researched it and done all the calculations. Right. And uh, especially because it's 92% water, it's diluted out. Uh, the problem is with concentrated oils, um, they're so concentrated and can be very powerful and very effective. Uh, it's just that you can't predict if that concentration is going to bother the pet or not. Mm-hmm. At this level, when it's very diluted out with water, there's very few reactions. 
Oh, okay. It's a very safe product. Yeah. So something like Wonderside might actually work for you. I think we're actually going to start carrying that in our holistic pet store here Mm -hmm. um, because it seems to be something that you could actually also use on your house and floors. So definitely something to look into as far as that goes. So very impressed. And it was also on Shark Tank. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're glad you joined us today. Um, Hi, Shar and hi, Colleen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hello there. And don't forget our holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson group on Facebook. You can ask any question you want, and we're going to do our best to help you out, provide you with a little advice and uh, get you going in the right direction. So have a great day, everybody. And we're glad you joined us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your host, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.